This week we have Paul Kilgannon on the show. Paul has recently released a book, Coaching Children in Sport, and I'd highly recommend it. Paul is a deep thinker, so we go down all sorts of rabbit holes. We talk about the Carver framework for coaching outlined in his book, the strength in working together as a coaching team, and how he believes coaching is all about relationships. A great show today. Paul is so enthusiastic we could have chatted all day. As always, thanks for listening. Enjoy. Paul, thanks a million for coming in. It's great to have you. So just a bit of background on Paul. You're a primary school teacher. You're a coach and now a published author and a successful one, I think. Um, so I'm going to jump in right at the deep end with you. Uh, what is coaching to you? Thank you, Stephen. Uh, first of all, I'm delighted to be here. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. Coaching, as I sit here at the minute, which is always evolving for me anyways, is, is, is trying to raise a sense of self-awareness in a player. Um, that's really what I'm trying to get at I suppose the the motto I often use if, uh, that we want our players using is if it is to be it is up to me so I'm always trying to bring a player to that you know place of self-realization or whatever that they are the most important part of this whole thing and that um, I think that then spreads out into a huge umbrella for a coach then how can they do that and I, I think the environment and um, the behaviors the sense of purpose the values and all them things then will feed into that self-awareness of a player, the session design and the way we facilitate the sessions. So really I'm trying to get a player who's um, driving their own learning and uh, my job is to try and engineer something that will really bring that player to that to that space. And I think once we get them to that space, your job, uh, you know, a coach's job is to progressively less, uh, make themselves less less important in the whole thing. So. Um, so you see mm. a coach's job as a facilitator rather than a teacher? Um, I, 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 these are all words that, um, yeah, a facilitator, maybe, but not in whatever is needed at the time, you know, what's ever needed at the time. Like a coach's job in my, you know, I think coaching is one of the most uh, noblest professions of all. Like, um, So I think you have a responsibility to, to have a lot of knowledge and information, but it's how we use that, you know. So it's, in teaching would say it's not a mug to jug thing. But, um, you know, and a lot of the times there's, there's nothing you were saying. It's just how we say it, how we phrase it, the language we can use, the attention and intention we can we can draw, the leadership we can provide, because there's nothing really particularly. The message is always going to be, you know, try your best and go to the end. You know, there's going to be it's how we say it and how we get them interested. And um, I don't know whether that's sometimes teaching, sometimes it's direct, sometimes it's indirect, sometimes it's facilitation. Um, there's there's a lot of things, um, but always coming back to what's the most important thing. Keep it as simple as possible. Get it consistent. But simplicity is the highest form of complexity. So that's where uh, we spend an awful long time trying to make things simple. And the difference between simple and easy is is a world away. Okay, you touched on about 14 things there that That's I want okay. to come back to at some Good. stage. You talk about a coach in terms of knowing what to do at the right time and you talk about maybe being direct sometimes or involving the mm. player or whatever different times. How difficult do you think that is as a coach or how difficult do you think, so people might be listening with a, yeah. an under 10 or an under yeah. 12 team or whatever, how difficult it is that for them? Yeah, I think um, it's really challenging and that's why you know the phrase I always use is building a coaching world and the, the I, I, I talk to the craft of coaching it's 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 kind of everything is really an experiment really you know it's it's not that we know we have a I always say it's not six second abs you know it, it's not really that we have an answer we're always trying to find the answer and I think it's as, as much as it can make it simple again I think you have a stretch and a support dial so some days your stretch dial might be high you know and you need to be, know well I'm high today and then walking off the pitch the support dial might need to be high you know so having them tools I, I talk about the craft so I talk about tools I'm coming at this from a from a, from a point of this is a craft that we need tools and we need um, a set of a perspective or a set of lenses to work at so the stretch and support dial is a very basic thing you know sometimes you know the stretch dial is high and then the following day the support dial might need to be high but I think ultimately in coaching we're trying to create a place where we can tell people the truth or you know, the 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 pure truth of of the matter. So that's a relationship, and uh, the more you work on the relationship, the more uh, we can discuss the truth. You know, and and be direct and get to the point, not um, dancing around it. Really, you know. Okay, so 
Um, that's a nice little segue for us to go into. So the book that you've written, you talk about the Carver framework in terms mm. of this a framework you believe could be helpful for people who are trying to coach as best as they can. Mm. And the first part of that is the connection. So I suppose that's what you're talking about in terms of relationship there. Mm. Can you maybe talk us through that a little bit in terms of what you see as the biggest benefits, uh, why it's so important, and I suppose maybe some of the pitfalls that people could fall into? Yeah. Sorry, there's a lot of questions there. that's cool, I got you. Uh, I always go back to the song Christy Moore, uh, The Voyage, when we used to sing it when we were a team I was with, we used to sing it in the dressing room. And there's a line in it that says, together we're in a relationship, we'll build it with care and it will last the whole trip. So I think that relationship and, and a lot of people are using words and we have to use words, obviously. But I think you have to understand the depth of the words you're using and, and the importance. So for me, that interpersonal connection, if you want to call it that, it, it, you have to be so aware of it every day because it's only uh, when I started before I, I, I was doing more workshops than you know, I'm doing more now than I was. But originally when I started, people used to ask me, uh, will you do a one one off you know, pitch session for us? And I. I, I did an odd one but to be honest it really wasn't my I, I didn't believe that to be coaching I believe I was giving coaches a bandit that they would come and look at two drills and then go off and do the two drills which really is you know what I would call maybe training which is a different area so coming back to building a relationship with a player so that they trust you and that I don't think there's any bad behaviours in coaching, you know, and, and all too often we're rushing to judge. We see some person like the coaching um, interaction is OK if it's if it's accepted by the player the way it was intended. And because all too many often people are trying to be perfect and it's all PC and, you know, we're judging people and everything. So I think if I have a relationship with a player and I build it over time and I talk about a rope every day we come we lay, lay a thread on top of one on top of the other that's my intention every day is to make that relationship firmer so that the rope is fatter and bigger and stronger and then that I can pull it and stretch it you know so I'm trying to come to a point where where can I really work with the the player at a personally individualized uh, level that is, is is stretch appropriate for them and that's based off their relationship because if they know that I am you know, pretty decent, pretty trustworthy and that I have worked hard at this and, and I'm in it for the right reasons, you know, well, then it's going to be it's, we're going to be at a better, better level to learn. Um, but if that's not there and that's to me is, you know, I give a lot of talks and I always say if you have eight minutes of concentration, listen for this eight minutes, building that relationship is everything because everything that happens after is really dependent on that. I believe this is for developmental coaching. You know, I think um, I don't know if Google did a did a, a study on their most um, high performing teams the qua- characteristics of the highest performing pods or teams they have psychological safety was 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 the first thing they came out with so understand the player understanding where you're coming from if you're challenging them uh, and uh, i think that's a re- that interpersonal because coaching is about the individual all too often we're, we're worrying about the collective and it's generic you know, coaching is about the individual. If you get the individuals right, the, the collective will be fine. So that psychological safety, is mm-hmm. that where people feel that they have the opportunity to make mistakes? Yeah, and, and it's having a clarity of expectation. Yeah, so um, again, mistakes are, are, are a mistake is a, is a strange word. It's not a strange word. It, it's how we interpret a mistake because look at this, we all... Well, some, there's a non-linearity to performance so mistakes are going to happen so we understand that so I think bringing an understanding to mistakes is really important you know and the language around it is really important and, and, and I talk a lot about this uh, to people if, if we commit to something there is no mistake we understand that there will be a natural you know fall off nine times out of ten it might work and, and that psychological safety, or I always go back to Galway when he talks about, you know, talent uh, or um, performance is talent minus interference. We're trying to turn down all these other dials of nervousness and uh, fear of mistakes and everything and just make, make them commit to the execution. So turning down all that noise and making a player understand that if the ball is there, just, just go for it and we'll back you 100%. And if you miss it first time, we'll pick it up second time. And I'm always saying too that in my coaching team, I'm developmental under 14, 15. Ultimately, my job is to help them score from 100 yards, yeah? Because that's what we need at the end of this. And today, that probably looks like missing from 50, you know? 
But if that's seen as a mistake, you know, that's not a mistake. That's part of the journey. The tripping is going to lead to the walking. So if I can really get them to commit to the to the execution, well, we're getting closer to it all the day. But if I diagnose that as a mistake, well, then I'm mistaken. Again, we cannot look at substandards. You know, we cannot look at lack of concentration or, or, or intention or attention. So we need language around it to, to, to differentiate it from a you know, mistake or whatever. So the word commit for me encompasses an awful lot of things. You take it on, you commit, and if you miss it, so be it. On we go. So there, there are no mistakes. Um, okay, so that word commit, then that sort of ties back in with the trust that you yeah. said. So obviously, you can't just, you said you won't go in and do a one-off session. So can you give us some practical examples and over time, mm. how did you can develop that trust and, 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 and help your players, empower them to commit to that? Yeah, again, I think... All too often in coaching, we um, we just, you know, day one, we go off on the pitch and we do nice sessions. Everyone's happy. Day two, we go off and it's OK. And day three, then it's not great and we're scratching our heads. So we're going back to building the, 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 the world to start with and things around questionnaires for players. Day one would be a questionnaire, a tool. Again, I go back to finding out uh, where they're at, uh, you know, understanding where they where they feel themselves to be and uh, then uh, some sort of chart or some sort of purpose to the team common set of values facilitate that day to day whatever facilitate the management in, in a management charter well what are we trying to achieve why are we here what we want to define us what we want to do well where are our skill sets what we can we all contribute so when we have all that we have a, uh, you know clarity so it's then it's about being consistently clear about what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. But all too often, and I always say, a coach's job is to respond to what's happening around them, not to react. But it's very hard to respond to something if you don't really have a frame or a world or, or a set of mm, logical beliefs. So when you can bring yourself to that, and what we're trying to do then is consistently access Seneca. It was a wise man, I think he wrote, whatever, I don't know. He said, uh, wisdom is always accepting the same thing and rejecting the same thing. So when I bring my over time bring my players to a sense of yeah they should be able to diagnose and prescribe themselves whether they're committed or not and we eradicate fear then so we're trying to get the attention and the intention but it's by peeling back what what we believe to be important and just focusing on that really so mastering the basics so uh Varenga Beda says simplicity yields complexity so and these are throwaway statements we, we hear all the time. But when they're understood at a really deep level, you go, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, it's, it is pretty simple. But like um, that doesn't mean it's easy. It, it's highly it, it, it's complex, but it's, it's so simple. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. jump in because yeah. I know you will have piqued a lot of people's interest in terms of the players questionnaires. Mm. So what are you looking for there? Are you looking for detail about where they feel they are themselves in their own development? Are you looking for feedback on your session that you've delivered? Are you looking for feedback on different coaches that could be involved? It, I'm trying to figure out yeah. where does that communication come in? So it's interesting because I added a new question to my questionnaire last night. When do you play at your best? Um, I used to have one on it. What do I need to know to help you? But I kind of changed that because they, they don't get that one sometimes. But look at it's two pages. It's 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 pretty comprehensive, um, and again, I always say, you know, we always hear this thing about, um, you know, kids are so intelligent or teens are so intelligent, but if we don't surround them with intelligence, they become ignorant, <laughs> you know. So that's what I've learned or I've found. So surrounding them with the intelligence, the questionnaire is, is, again, we go back to the definition of raising awareness. I'm literally trying to bring them to a place of self-awareness. What are you like as a teammate out of ten, you know? Um, where are you physically? Where are you technically? What are the key areas that are affecting you? What do you want? Your, what would your current opponent say about you? What would you like your opponent to say about you? What do you want from your management? What do you want your management to say about you at the end of the year? So I'm trying to bring them to a sense of, of self-awareness. And then I use this information. It opens doors. So if you tell me, well, physically, I'm at a 5 out of 10, well, then I can have a direct conversation with you very easily. But... I could be looking and dancing around the issue for a long time, but I, the door door doesn't open me for me. So how we them questionnaires for me are really important. Again, I talk about tools and, you know, I talk to a lot of coaches and I explain that just because this is a tool, it mightn't work for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say, you know, I bring it back to my own father who was a carpenter and uh, 
all his wages were put back into his tools. So just having the tools, you know, you have to earn them, you know, and you have to use them. And just because a craftsman can make them work doesn't mean everyone can make them work. And uh, that's where the the complexity of the coaching comes in. People think, you know, I'll buy a book of drills, I'll do a questionnaire and everything's going to be fine. Well, it's 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 really it, the the struggle is the pathway is what I say in coaching yeah, there's no it, point it, in just giving them a questionnaire and then not doing anything yeah, about yeah. it well that's look at that's yeah. uh, you know you know and that's, you and that's really sorry no that's yeah. really um, you know what we often find there's no consistency there is no consistency so I'll skip on to I suppose the law of consistency which I believe is the most important thing specific adaptation to impose demands the said principle this is how I explain it I don't know I, I think these S&C guys would know more about than me but we, we get what we train for consistently and purposely, knowingly or unknowingly. So if we're a bit all over the place, we'll probably get a team that's a bit all over the place, you know. But if we if we make, say, friendship important and, and effort and, you know, respect and things like that every day from start to finish, these are the most important things. These are the foundation stones. And until we have none of these, until we have these, we don't really have anything. Um, so when we make all them... I'm rambling a bit because I'm a bit lost where I started, but these are it's important okay, things. Fine. Yeah, that's cool. So consistency. Okay, yeah. we'll jump in there now. Mm, yeah. um, so we're talking about consistency at a level of you being a coach. Mm. Um, how hard is it to get, to get that consistency across potentially maybe a team of coaches that are working together? Because I know you touch on yeah, that in the book yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah that, that's a real challenge. And again, you see, you know, diligence is... is um, meeting off the pitch so we can perform on the pitch is so important and that takes a lot of time you know that takes an awful lot of time so some days in my house we'd have meetings at seven o'clock in the morning you know uh, you know it's a bit crazy you know um but that's that's the role like that's that's the that's that's the job of leadership if we're really serious about it you know we don't want to fool ourselves into thinking we're serious about it just because we're there uh, you know it is becoming of true leadership to to be diligent and be prepared and to be able to respond to what you want to achieve and takes a lot of time and the big thing about it is it's not perfect and it improves i talk about incrementalism it improves with increments but where i see is people really don't have that process which is i use that word sorry they don't have that kind of a system where they you know have a core set of purposes and uh, and who we are work from there to plan work then execute the work or, or do it and then come back and 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 see what who we know so that cycle of improvement and that's the most important thing and i think understanding that what the journey is going to look like it's going to look like an awful lot of mistakes and we'll never be what we should be you know understanding that it's not a game of perfect coaching isn't a game of perfect it's just a ga- game of getting a bit better all the time uh, I think I heard a phrase, incrementalism leads to revolution. And I liked that idea one day. So, um, yeah, we're always trying to get a little bit better and bringing everyone with you. And I would have learned that probably the hard way that, you know, y- y- sometimes, uh, y- you know, your role in leadership is to bring everybody and make them a little bit better. And that kind of chemistry of everybody getting better is a strange, it's a strange kind of a algorithm at the end of it because yeah i think it ties back into what you said maybe with the players to, yeah. to allow them to commit so i yeah. suppose you're trying to get that same commitment from the coaches as in not just turning up to do a training session and not just turning up for a match you want them to really yeah. really buy into what they're doing yeah we're, we're going back to the self-awareness you know yeah. why are you here you know what do you want to define it to find you as a coach and why will the players be better because yeah you, you worked with them so you mentioned there that you want you like uh, you sometimes you think leadership is just bringing those people along with you and I'm talking about the mm-hmm. coaches mm-hmm. now here mm-hmm. so how do you bring that self-awareness out of them how do you get them to drill down into into what they believe and what they want to do yeah it's a huge challenge but again it's always you know catchphrase or questions give you answers they have to ask hard questions and you have to build a you know, it's, it's a bit, I don't know, is it rich to say build a brand but build an identity as a coach what do you want to define you what's unacceptable you know What's your vision for yourself as a coach? And then when you get that, I suppose, rawness, you know, that real rawness, this is what you want, yeah? Well, how can we get a little bit closer to it all the time? It's about becoming. You're never actually there because it's so dependent on mood. It's so dependent on so many things, but you're always trying to become better. Like the best, we can only expect our players to improve at the rate of which they're led to improve, you know, you know, within reason. And that's why when you turn the tables that way and 
understand the best form of player development is coach development well then they just come to a point of accepting the challenge uh, a coach is not a critic and they're not a fan a coach is something far more nobler than that so a lot of good people just don't really get a chance to look at it that way they don't get a chance what i would say to build the world and we are all experiential learners so most of us have experienced a different uh, approach as we grow up ourselves in in a time which was great great people but there wasn't as much information and it's not about knowing more it's about just using the information better i always say let your work be you know the product of your own conclusions but come to your conclusions in an intelligent manner and it's not a game of perfect i think uh, self-preservation and all that is 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 a huge burden in coaching understanding that uh, a lot of this is a guess we're trying to get closer to it all the time we are just kind of my big thing is how can we get as many good people trying to get better as possible you know okay I'm still I'm going to keep you on the hook here for a little cool. bit because I want to know how can you obviously you've uh, worked on your craft mm. over the last mm. few years mm. or last mm. decades whatever it may be how do you though give, give me an example how do you get people that maybe might be a little bit resistant to this at the start or maybe have varying different values or philosophies or whatever you want to call it how do you get those people to work together as, together, a, as a cohesive okay. team I, I get you know yeah again it goes back to around the table and we sit with maybe 10 questions and we've come up with a management charter then and that's really we're going to try and live that so it's why do we coach uh, why do we coach the way we do um, what do we want the players to say about us at the end of this what what are the non-sporting qualities we want from the player what are the physical and technical qualities we want from the player how are we all going to contribute to this Wh what is our skill set and then when you build that or you get a clarity on that you know, I think you bring a degree of intelligence to mm -hmm. the conversation or else you, not, not in, yeah, I suppose intelligence is a fine word. And I think different areas of psychology call this an anchor. You know, you build an anchor and we're always literally straying away from the anchor and then trying to come back. And the way we come back is little meetings, little reviews, little everything. So it's that diligence to put in, you know, and, and it's the tools we use and the reflection is really important too that that reflective piece and people talk about it as well I think you need to automate reflection you need to you need to you need to have it embedded in your in your cycle of coaching it takes a bit of time a bit of detail but that's the, that's the challenge of leadership you know um, it, 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 ta it, it takes a bit longer than we think it probably isn't as hard as what we think but it just takes a bit longer and it starts with and look at this is where I read it, why I wrote a book about the way I wrote it. It's not internal knowledge is, is really a thing I'm fascinated by. We know all this stuff, you know, we know it's probably not the best idea to be losing your life on the sideline when, you know, or, you know, but yet we, we find ourselves doing this so often. So, um, you know, I don't know why that is, but I'm trying to in my space in coach education I'm trying to get people to be the best they can be but not copy anybody else what do we believe is important like if you ask a, a room of 10 people like what are the qualities of a great coach they'll all say the same things you know they'll all pretty much say they're trustworthy they're dependable you know they they make people feel happy and all that And but yet we it's very hard to live that so I'm trying to provide a framework I suppose to get people close to that in the management team it's you know it's plan do review but plan from a place of common purpose commonality clarity and try and deliver on that consistently and then i think friendship is important in a management team too uh, it's it's um, and sometimes you lose a bit of edge when it's a bit more jovial you know but you're gaining something there as well you know uh, you know sometimes management teams uh, you know it's all about process and performance and that's really important too but there's a there's an energy to uh, you know, to having a bit of a laugh and, and, and that bit of warmth. It's a fine line. I don't know the answer, but it's it's literally just working together, asking a lot of hard questions and bringing each other along and challenging. And the one thing you want in a management team is definitely trust, but that must be engendered by looking at each other and asking hard questions. And uh, it takes takes time. OK, that's a good answer. <laughs> um, you mentioned reflection a couple of times. So, uh nearly everyone we, that comes on the show talks about reflection in various different ways okay so um, you I mentioned thought I, I thought I invented it sorry <laughs> no well you mentioned that yeah you try it's and embed it in you try and embed it in um, and try to have it that it's very very structured is there a risk of that sort of that sort of paralysis by analysis sort of analogy in terms of that you're over analyzing things or over reflecting on things or what's your thoughts there 
okay, before I knew there was ever a word called reflection, when I started teaching, which is 14 years ago, I wrote down on a page five things I wanted to do well every week and I laminated it and I used to read it on a Friday and I didn't know there was such a thing, but it just made a bit of sense to me. If I had a genuine interaction with every kid each week, if I was in good form and if I had my work done, you know, it was pretty good. I, I, you know, know, I'd live happily. So I worked that and... uh, then I just extended that into coaching and everybody is practicing reflection and they don't use the words at every level I often uh, you know I I like to give different examples but like it doesn't matter who you are if you're a a block layer in the morning how many blocks will I need how much whatever cement will I need and then at the end of it look back and say is it straight and did I get paid enough did I use the right you know you know it's literally that for me, the way you can simplify that process, the tool you use to make it consistent to get the specific feedback that you believe to be important. And the first time really I ever really worked it in sport was coaching football because I didn't really play much football. As I played a bit, but I wasn't really into it. Um, and then I went managing an adult football team, coaching and managing, and I knew that I really needed to learn fast. Like it... it I didn't know it, um, so that was yeah. Look, part of me just took the took it as a huge challenge, but I remember, and I still remember, and I always quote this: the first night I came off the pitch, I I like round square numbers and I like simplicity, so I marked myself in ten things out of ten, and I I got a score of fifty six, and I said, uh, Jesus, I said if we play in the morning and my players get five or six out of ten, well we're not going to win much, so that's really the most important thing to me, so the way I view reflection is I have 10 things that I think is important and I mark myself out of 10 and I get a little score at the end of it and I don't do it all the time because it becomes stale you know becomes stale there's loads of other techniques there's loads of but what you really want to do is come to a place where you can do it quick and and make it useful and that is obviously uh, you know it takes a bit of messing around with it but I think that 10 by 10 is pretty simple you know if you if you value effort one of it, how much did I acknowledge effort in session mark yourself out of 10 on that you know if you want to connect with the players mark yourself out of 10 with connection if you want to mark you know whatever it is if you want to um, preach good lifestyle how well did I do that that day and it's just a feedback loop the feedback loop is, is so important and it's missing it sounds fancy, but it's really only logical. Like there's 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 no wow to it. It's just ten things that I think is important. And where am I scoring on it out of ten? Okay, I think that's a very useful tool that people mm. can take. Though, and mm. I know, like we've talked about reflection millions of times here, but again, giving practical examples of there you go, ten questions out of ten, yeah, or ten questions yeah. that are relevant to you, yeah, I think yeah. is the key thing yeah. there. And uh, I think that's anyone can listen could do yeah. that sitting in the car yeah. back after yeah. training. Very yeah. easy to tap that down or tap into the phone there's loads of other there's loads of other ways some guys journal I think journaling is good I think because at the higher level of coaching I think it's very um, it's very tough you know um, at adult level and performance level it is a really tough area and um, I think you need to be you know I I don't know is it such a thing or did I come up with something like post-session traumatic something whatever you know sometimes after sessions you know you just don't feel good uh, and you need to be able to park that I don't know you might have might have been whatever and the session mightn't have gone well and you might spend two days nearly feeling bad about it you know and uh, just writing it down you know and, and and washing it out and then getting ready to go again there's lots of different ways talking to the phone and listen to it back when you're driving train and I've heard a, I don't know did I hear that one I don't know where I heard that one Matt Wilkie does yeah. that anyway yeah, yeah, I, yeah I probably yeah. heard him saying that yeah yeah. simple things again to me I know I was dealing with a coach there one while and I said you really need to start pa- practicing reflection and he said I'm always doing it he said I'm always reflecting and I said well if you're always doing it you must have you know horrible life really you can't be reflecting all the time so how you can make it as simple and efficient as possible you know because your head will be forever in this if you don't have a little uh, tool to do it efficiently that's my my way okay I want to go back towards the Carver framework because I, I'm, I have a load of notes written down here now Go and you've, you've thrown me off a few of them. But um, you, I want to jump in on research, okay? So you talk about, very clearly you talk about uh, knowing the needs of the child straight away, okay? So maybe you could talk through some of that. I know you mentioned developmental characteristics and stuff, but I'm really interested in, I suppose, to what motivates them and how we can get down to the nub of that. Yeah, so am I. Um, so I think if you look at it... Um, 
look at a traditional training session, like the way we, we, we believe it, you know, the way a linear session, and, and again, this is not a criticism or anything, but coming, um, putting a helmet on, walking out, getting a bib on, standing in cones, going out and back, and then moving to something different, uh, having to listen, having to be quiet, um, and going out and back again, and then maybe playing a match at the end of it. You know, how the human spirit and energy and things like that, you know, is that really feeding the, 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 the human needs of, you know, connection and creativity and confidence and competence and expressing yourself at a level? And if I bring it down to teaching, you know, if we go in in the morning at quarter nine, the first thing we do is a maths test and then we go straight into whatever every day and it's relentless. Well, eventually we bring learning to a, 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 a we dehumanize it, you know. We bring it to a, you know, a place where it becomes not, not, not really. Um, you're you're beating it into them. You know what I mean? So uh, that's where I don't want to be, anyways. So if we came into school in the morning and we had a five or ten minute chat, but we maybe teacher knew why we were doing it, you know, to socialize and and whatever. And maybe then we put a, a slant on it. Maybe had a challenge in it or something. I don't know, whatever. And we got the human spirit rocking, you know. And then everybody wants to be there. My thing is, how can I get people at 9 out of 10 here as often as possible? And understanding the human spirit and the needs of the human are, are, are crucial to that. And um, we have to get things done, you know. And we need, we want dense sessions. But we get the human contributing at a higher level when they understand, when they're happy, obviously, psychological safety, when they feel a purpose, when they feel respected, and all these things. And then it's only then when we put them things in that we can really coach them at a high level. So for me, that comes first of everything. Like in school sometimes, like we would spend the first week literally going through what we want this to be, you know, build it with care, you know, and, you know, how we want to feel, how we want to treat each other, and then work from there. Um, going down the road uh, before you really check it out isn't, isn't a great way so the advice on that is for coaches and it can be hard to manage this thing because this isn't you know it, it is we're ultimately coaching um, a game or something at the end of it but just understanding how the, I always say how, well, with adult coaches I always say how do you want them to feel driving to train you know understanding that energy that chemistry of if we have everybody there buzzing you know and then sometimes that can lack focus but having focus with that as well a sense of purpose so with the kids it's just like the greatest compliment any coach can be say is you know i i love coming training you know if you get that like everything is hunky-dory their needs everything is there unity friendship connection competence character caring creativity all the c's autonomy relatedness everything we've ever heard and all these things loads of people wanting to be there and wanting to be at 9 out of 10 trusting each other being clear on what's exceptional and what's acceptable and what's unacceptable and that's ingrained and engendered over days weeks months forever that that it, it there's no end to it really and sometimes when we think we have it then we need to change it because the stimulus isn't what it, what it is so for everything you're doing you're, you're paying a price somewhere else you're losing something so if you keep dehumanizing it you're basically losing the human spirit at the end of it all so um and look at and over all when we go into t tactics too much we will force an excellence we will force something but it won't be facilitated excellence that will be a better, richer thing, which is a self-awareness in a player loving it and, and, and an active agent, which is a player-centred. And again, I, I kind of, not that I steer, steer away from any of the language used commonly, but I, I try and simplify it as simple as possible and bring it back to what, you know, where I, where I would see it. You know, it's nice to know all the stuff, but it's very important that you make it true to yourself. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, well, cut ties in with what you said earlier about bringing it to your own values. Yeah. So when you're talking about research and it, it, you're talking about, uh, obviously, you need to know the, the physical and the technical as in yeah. for the sport mm. or, the, or the game that mm. you're playing. Mm. But you're really, really focusing in on then it, is the, both the athlete, the child, mm. whatever you want to call him mm. uh, or her, and how you can impact them wanting to be there. Mm. Is yeah. that what you're really That's drilling it down to? D d who says to teach Latin to Johnny, you got to know Latin and you got to know Johnny. So that's really it. How we can create this place that they want to be and play and fun and games and competition and all that is huge amount of, of influences in the player there. That fun. I think clarity is important. Like um, as they get older, ref in the game so that there's a, there's a clarity to what they're doing, you know, 
I think I think keeping scores make it fun. You know, it adds uh, a consequence. A consequence is a great teacher. The law of natural consequences. Vygotsky, I think, no, who was a Papert or Piaget or one of these guys. You know, let, making that thing really clear. Teaching them how to win and lose, to strive. We are going down a road of suffering, almost glorifying the suffering, you know. Uh, teaching them the truth, knowing what it looks like in the journey. And, 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 and I, I, I was at a conference there in America this summer and uh, they had all these post-its up on the wall and uh, I was taking them down at the end you know, serving, you know. <laughs> I was taking them down at the end anyways and I pulled down one and, and it said, it was for the qualities of a great coach and one of them was he made a students of the game, you know. I thought, wow, that's really, you know, a really cool thing. Imagine if I could do that. And I always talk about connecting them to the place, to the future of the game and to the game itself, you know. The game is the product, really. We're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to make them fall in love with it because love is really a cornerstone of everything. We're trying, we want them to love it. So that's we need to break it down into things wh where they will grow to love it, and then we want them to have a sense of place, a sense of connection and belonging. So that's why I think you need to root them to the club, you know. And then we want to, I suppose, we want to inspire them to to have a have a future in it so I'm always saying to our lads in, in five or six years time boys I'm going to be standing in that shed looking down at you you know you better be good <laughs> you know so so we're kind of in it together and it's that kind of uh, Willie Nelson on the road again you know what I mean? kind of, well, kind it ties of, back in yeah. with your, your anchor again yeah. what you're saying yeah. um, I, I want to keep on this one for a little bit because I know if I was listening, I'd want the question asked. Come How do you do that? How do you know your players uh, individually, but also cater for the team collectively? So Tough question, but yeah, it is, and I mightn't get to the answer, but I'll ramble anyways. Um, I'm uh, so traditionally we would have stood in pods at the start of training. And the players have been over one side, and the managers would be talking. I would consciously now be walking around in the middle of the mall before training starts, talking and trying to figure out uh, that connection all the time um, and sometimes when you're talking about this you make it you know you feel like I'm making this sound perfect this isn't perfect I'm just figuring it out as I go along I'm working on a set of principles and I'm figuring it out um, with the team then we like to have a, a little little phrase for the year that we're trying to be true to so two years ago was winning and then losing is nothing but to fight is everything and that was our uni unifying thing about 20 years ago I don't even know how long ago I came across a phrase in unity there is strength so so that that unity and I, I go back to when we're dealing with the with the developmental player teaching them the truth like about unity you know really getting to the, the so that they know it even if we're playing an opposition and their behaviours are bad just standing at the end of it and like and saying something like boys we will never be like them we will never be like them and they'll go yeah we won't so that's true leadership like you know our def I always say anger blame and complain is defeat A, B and C is D so um, we being able to diagnose behaviours that we don't want and using a language around it and then the individual and the collective is coming together as best I know it you know and it was interesting because um, we were meeting um, to start our year there with the management um, a week or so ago and with a list of players and I was literally looking through my hands at the list hoping oh, I hope none of these boys come and say I want to quit you know because I just that would kill me you know a small bit a little part of me you know and ultimately we're not holding them hostage to the game but you'd really hope that they're, they're getting something more than just the game out of it that they're getting um, if it's an American word a fraternity or a brotherhood or a unity or whatever that there's there's something more tangible I always say in clubs like if if players are giving up because they're doing exams and stuff like that, we really must be, we, we can't, we really must be missing something that we're not serving something better than, than just the game. There must be something more to it. I think it's uh, easy yeah. as a coach as well yeah. to blame yeah. another sport yeah. or to blame exams or to blame, yeah. whereas probably we need to look in the mirror ourselves a little bit and see why are they choosing that over what we're offering or what we're trying to provide. And again, we go down like, and they're all words that are used and, you know, overuse maybe with that vulnerability, like that, that's really important, that rawness of, of, of caring, you know, and uh, a lot of the really good coaches I would know 
uh, they have that they're, they're always second guessing themselves they're always saying how can we do this better you know in five years time we're going to look around at this and say you know um, geez what were we at you know um, and, and I have that all the time and, and when you lose that like you, you, you lose the inquisitive mind and when you lose that inquisitive mind you're kind of in a place where I know everything listen to me where we can learn from everybody and that's why I talk about a craft like and that's why I want an open minded ordinary down to earth basic player at the end of this that doesn't think just because they play hurling they're, they're better than somebody else because when they think that they think they're better you know than than a guy playing squash or something you know what I mean or, or whatever they just don't have that respect for other disciplines because when they lose that respect they can't learn anymore they're running out of people who they can learn from you know because you know and once they loon, lose that openness or that coachability they, well then we're in trouble and mo- an awful lot of m- what I've come across and, and led myself to believe really has come from coaching adults and the challenge of that and, and, and the behaviours that are ingrained through probably you know, non-optimal leadership up the way. And and that's not a criticism. Look at, that's just, um, we're only scratching at this at the minute and we're always finding out. And a phrase I always use is the best is yet to come. It is, we're only like, if we go into, you know, sports psychology or collective psychology, ad- athletic development, skill acquisition, all this stuff is only coming on board now. So how can we use that information, make it very mm, simple and prepare them for what's yet to come because that's what we're trying to do and what are the qualities that's the question I'm deep deeply pondering at the minute what are the qualities that we want long term that will make a learner you know and uh, that's what I'm spending a long time looking at at this minute right now care to give us any exclusive answers now Paul we, uh, or you, uh, is it the next book no, well I'm looking at I, I'm working on a book at the minute for teenagers in sport so I'm uh, so and my, my own little uh, coaching my coaching crew they're, they're in that age group so um, I think um, there's a, a word uh, uh, I'm trying to get a word for it but it's, it's ordinariness or down to earthedness or basicness or maybe just Irishness like you know I don't know what it is the, the word um not glamorizing what we're doing no real hero this is ordinary stuff we're playing games we're having fun we're sticking together okay we love it we really really and it's everything of who we are and it's kind of nothing of who we are at the same time you know which is you know but um that to keep that open-mindedness is is what we're trying to so that open-mindedness is so that'll only come off a cornerstone of respect for people you know and and it's easy to say it and look at I disrespect people you know I'm uh, you know you know there's n- we're not perfect we're just trying to be a bit better that is a quality that I'm fascinated by do they need a thousand inputs to play do they need all the fancy gear do they need everything and I- you know and if they need if they believe that's if it's to be professionalism I don't know what it is well where's that leading because more wants more you know and okay uh, well so you're talking about there in terms of it potentially even the feedback that we could be giving them are we leading them down that path in terms of that they feel like they're 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 above anyone else or mm. so are you saying that we should be conscious of the feedback we're given obviously all the a lot of the literature would say that we have to be overwhelmingly positive but are we doing them in disservice um let me think about that one i think you cannot glamorize things you know i think it's um you know this is what we do you know, we don't expect, you know, um, what do they say is the enemy? Entitlement is the enemy of performance. So if they need all this, and look, I'm all for all this stuff uh, with younger kids and development. There's different, there's different periods in it. But that, 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 that sense of entitlement or, you know, self-glorification, we just want people who do the right thing when no one's looking. That's really it. And if if we're if we're if we're feeding what is it praise junkies you know well what's going to happen you know so just be, being very understanding about the the law of input over time I don't know what the phrase is mm-hmm. if we keep you know wowing all this well where does it go you know Dweck is obviously there with our research on mindset and and all that but for us to go far you know we really have to be committed and we really have to be grounded in in, in ordinary decentness and and a, and a commitment to go to the pitch when no one's looking very often eat the right thing at seven o'clock in the morning very fundamental basic stuff and uh if if your motivation is is um you know praise or whatever you know it's not really going to be enough to to, to fire 
the the fire, I suppose, or whatever to spark the fire. So really trying to get down to that uh, excellence, if you want to call it one cold word, excellence. Yeah, and you want that sort mm. of autonomous motivation rather than that external that you're waiting yeah, that, for that yeah, praise. Yeah. So. I want them to know the, 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 the kind of truth to it, you know, yeah. the truth to it. And look, at they're growing up in it. I, I heard somewhere there that Ronaldo's making more from Instagram than he's making from football. So, so they're growing up in that type of world. And, and, you know, Ronaldo has made it, but if their focus is, is there, you know, their focus isn't on getting better, really, is it? You know, so, um, yeah. And even if, if they do make it, like, they won't have the qualities to sustain it because, you know, there'll, there'll be too many inputs needed for them. They won't be self-aware. They won't be autonomous, if that's what you want. Self-actualized or whatever, self-directed. I don't know. There's so many words, and I try not to use them. But, um, but that's really it. We want the learner. I break it down in the book. There's two types of people, a learner and non-learner. And um, we, we want certain behaviors, yeah, and, and it's literally the same things, brilliant basics all the time and uh, a respect for the basics and knowing what makes us, you know, you know, what makes us, what is the referee going to say about us at the end of this game? You know, you know, just answer that question and what do we want him to say about us. And yeah. some of the best moments in, in my coaching would have been, you know, a ref would come to you at the end and say, geez, you tackled really well and your discipline was really good. And then bringing that feedback to Arlets and that's just, we, Arlets eat that up because that's what we pride ourselves in, you know? You know? Yeah. Um, I think it ties in, um, uh, I think it's in the book Legacy, I think it was James Kerr, mm. and uh, one of the quotes when it was, good people make good All Blacks. Mm. Mm. And I think uh, a lot of what you've talked about today is you haven't mentioned really the skills or the physicality or anything like that, mm. you're talking about making good people. Mm. And I think that's mm. really, really important. Mm. Something you mentioned earlier in terms of that, that coaching is a craft. Do you think, how would you, how would you sum up coaching in Ireland? Do you think it's undervalued, underrated? Yeah, but I think it's changing rapidly. Um, so we have to understand, I suppose, a lot of our influences were an island nation and, and it's primarily an amateur game is the biggest game in, the sp in, the, in, in it. So we're probably not that exposed to yet or it's coming now. And that doesn't mean that... Um, you know, being exposed to, to more is better and better is better, you know. Uh, I think there's going to be, I think there's a huge evolution coming in it. I probably think, uh, you know, it's uh, it'll take a while. It'll take a long while. You know, some people go down session design and it's all about skill acquisition and session design. Like coaches need to be generalists, really. Like there's, um, you know, I think again, going back to Gambetta, who'll be a, a mentor of mine, he talks about my my specialism is generalism. So a coach really needs to be a generalist. So, uh, yeah, it's coming. And look, at I spend, and I talk about the difference of a trainer and a coach. I spent 10 years being a complete trainer, you know, session design, knew every drill, knew everything, uh, really good at saying go faster and really good at saying you didn't listen to me, you know. Um, and then this craft of coaching is is, is is all of that and way more, you know. And uh, is it going to is it is it coming? Yeah, it's coming. Um, I see. Look at I'm, I. I deal with a lot of coaches. It's coming. Um, how long will it take? I think it, you know. I I'm not so sure. It depends on the leadership of that. Like everything, the, our coaches need leaders, and you know where what are our leaders saying and what are their of their messages I suppose that's it and do they know there's even leaders in it see a lot of people that start off don't actually understand that there is a world of coach education out there they think it's doing a course whereas it, it's really so much more and I think the clubs the real the real opportunities for the clubs and phrase we're trying to use is can we turn the club into a learning organization where we learn together and I think that's so much power so powerful to start a a, a coaching whatever a natural coaching evolution in the club so the conversations the incidental so we're not talking about you know he put four balls wide at the end of it we're talking about how can we design something that'll help them score you know yeah. so it's just changing that and that'll come from leadership you know it's just changing that and I see all the organisations are trying really hard to get the message across and change takes time and, and clarity and consistency so I think it's it's well on the way I meet a lot of lot of really good people uh, again we cannot underestimate coaching we can't it's optimizing human performance which is a fancy word again but literally it is a really complex thing um, but then again 
we're trying to simplify it down but if you oversimplify it or make it easy you're, you're focusing on the wrong things so it is understanding and again I go back to this is a craft we are all students in a craft that none of us will ever master it's always we need the next tool you know it's always we're going to learn something from the job we did it's it's like the craftsman whether they're a carpenter a plumber or anything they're getting better at getting better that's when you come to that place um, that's when you're in a different space you're not a judge you're not a critic you're not saying why didn't he do that I told him to do that before the game he didn't listen to me you're understanding more right what do i need to do here and it's really hard <laughs> yeah i think that's a, a good good point to uh, to jump into some of our questions so look i'm very conscious you've been brilliant so far with your time uh, we asked three questions to every guest that we have on okay some of the stuff uh, we'll have covered but that's okay and we'll go in again so the first one is what does the term successful coach mean to you um, for me, success, uh, and I have it a as a definition in my own little thing, it's a vision for success would be recruitment, retention, and that they all say thanks. Uh, and the final thing is thanks, and that's that's the most important thing. And we all know the word gratitude, and you know, and the wellness community are telling us, you know, recognize what's good in your world or life. Um, so it's basically saying thanks. Um, so Do you find much resistance to that ever? Um so who is it Gilbert that chooses about your, your about being contagious your behaviours must be contagious I, I find it contagious you know um, again it's what we make important consistently becomes important our role as leaders is to make the mo most important things the most important things so if we practice that ourselves they will learn by degrees and it won't be perfect but and I'm not so sure I like the contrived uh, si uh, you know contriving it you know um I, I, in my experience it has evolved uh, and it evolves all the time and my let's say it and people I think it's the best thing we, we do if we uh, thank each other uh, at the end of it everyone I ever uh, heard that has been coached by the late John Morrison yeah, yeah. Uh, they always one of the first things they always yeah. say is that he shook your hands before yeah. and after every single yeah. training session yeah. and people remember that you yeah. know and that brings us into the learning space and the trust and all these fancy words that you know I, I, I use that frame fancy words but all these things that are very ordinary that are very basic that we know that have worked in society for hundreds and thousands of, of cultures and years bringing it back to that what we know like I, I like history so what we know works you know and, and you don't need to glamorize these things they're very you know you know I, I, I stood outside uh, we were training in, in uh, one night and um, um, a, a certain elite team were coming on after us in, in, in you know when we were training we were off site we weren't, we weren't at our own pitch and I uh, was talking to one of their management after it and we had finished maybe five minutes and uh, my players were tripping out they were saying oh thanks see you see you whenever thanks a million and I think three or four had come out and he kind of turned to me and goes jeez what are you you know what are you teaching these boys here and I said oh, but that's just the way we do things you know it's a basic thing and three or four more came out dripping out uh, you know by and by and he goes man they're so good at this and I go I just said to him isn't it, isn't it amazing that you find this amazing you know <laughs> this is very basic stuff say thanks say good luck off you go you know and, and uh, again the power of that simplicity and it's humanising it again it's humanising the learning you know you know it, it, and that's an important element for me making it we'll go together and we'll, you know, we'll come back together and we'll stay together and that unity. And it's, it's it like, and then everybody gets to know that we're all just serving something here. We're all just serving. Okay, there's leaders in it and that's it. And look at, you know, leadership comes in every guys. A lot of it is, is, is standing back, you know. Um, but um, that basic thank you. Is and again, making them just being good people rather than concentrating on that sport yeah, specific trying trying yeah, yeah, yeah. trying because uh, this is not a this is not an ad for uh, you know <laughs> we're just trying and, 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 and to the coach that might be listening you know it's not really about trying to contrive good behaviours it's just you know trying to find the, what you know to be important and then practising it and holding yourself accountable it's not about copying anyone or don't say thanks or high fives because other people do do what you think is important but know why you think it and, and then do it consistently and um, you know there's loads of culture codes all that stuff on touches and, and, and high fives and all that stuff you know if it's true to where you're from and your area you know work it uh, and uh, it, it's v I, I've, I've found over years it changes the people in the environment 
it changes the relationship just these simple routines and rituals the ritual is really important uh, i'm not huge on contriving it i'm more you know we it evolves and so you're trying to create that atmosphere where it happens yeah yeah. you know if it's a forced excellence you know it's a bit of a tick the box and then sometimes maybe we think we're great because we do this you know and maybe that becomes a sideshow this is what we do you know and this is it we do it for this reason and we don't really care what anyone else mm, thinks that's yeah. how we do it okay how we roll I like it. Uh, what books, podcasts, resources would you most recommend to any coaches out there? You're not allowed to say your own now. We'll, uh, we'll come to that at the end. I, I struggled with this one because I, I, I'm always reading and um, I don't really know. So I'm going to try and just do things that maybe other people w might mention. Um, in those, and they're not, some of them aren't sport related. Uh, the Alchemist, Paulo Coelho. It's about a man who went on a journey and basically found... Uh, what he was looking for where he started <laughs> at the end of it all and he met a lot of interesting people and uh, I think that's pretty a lot like coaching um, then the second one I have would be Man's Search for Meaning Victor Frankl um, he learned about a lot about the human spirit in a concentration camp and uh, when people come under pressure and and uh, humanity and I think it's interesting uh, and uh, and then the third one I have is uh it's uh, Jackie Tyrrell's autobiography and, and it was co-written by a buddy of mine, Christy O'Connor who I think is a really good writer and um, but that book, I, I, I think um, and maybe a lot of these books are for lads who've read other coaching books, <laughs> you know um, and maybe want something different but the Jackie Tyrrell book for me, a lot of the, 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 the insights into what is going to drive the player long term I, I think they're in there you know, I thought there was some really insightful things. I think they were the last team to get the training gear. He mentions that. They were the last team to get the tight jerseys. He mentions that. It was something more than just a superficial. And uh, obviously, it's fascinating to know what Cody does or what he doesn't do. Or is there any secrets or is it just consistency? And is he getting that adaptation, that said principle, by what he's always accepting and rejecting? Is he getting warriors all the time, even when they're not so good hurlers, some of them? because he's just saying this is the most important thing now obviously he's he's been informed by best practice and best principles and you know but i'd say he's not getting too too sidetracked in it i think his core or his direction is very clear and he gets an adaptation so i found that really interesting as an insight to a player and uh, it was well written too so i like that there are three books excellent yeah. and uh, for anyone listening we'll, we'll list them up on the on the uh, twitter page for the podcast last question you're nearly there uh, what would your top tips or advice be to a developing coach and I know we may have covered some of this already but in summary I suppose okay um, I'll use a concept around internal knowledge if that's the, the, the let your work be a product of your own conclusions okay what are the top three qualities non-sporting you want in a player do you want a fellow who's decent and uh, can concentrate and listen well and has good manners you ask yourself that um, then what are the sporting qualities you want in the player um, maybe not technical because that will fan out um, what is your vision for yourself as a coach and ask yourself a few more questions and I mean do it diligently um, and that's what most people will probably miss they won't be just detailed and, di and diligent and they won't deep f uh, dig deep enough dig deep into them questions and then ask yourself, what do I need to learn? And work from there. Um, you know, getting a drill and tacking it on to something, uh, uh, you know, and I, I did it, so I know. You know, it's not really, you really need to be able to justify everything you do on the pitch. And you'll only be able to do that if you have a deep sense of understanding of where you're going with Um Try and start a coaching conversation in your coaching team try and build that culture of uh, not judging players, judging yourself yeah, judging us how can we make this better, a coach is not a critic and they're not a fan, a coach is something far deeper than that so is that three or four things and then um, understand energy, the energy you bring to the group, it is your job to energise the group um, and if you're forced in excellence sometimes you lose that 
you lose it. and I've lost it you know I, I've done it you know I've gone down that so understanding collective energy energizing the group the best technically designed sessions mightn't you know I'm not criticizing them <laughs> don't get me wrong I, I'm all for session design but if you cannot manage and bring energy to the thing you could have the worst design session where you can lead people and, and make them go at 9 out of 10 and you're going to get a far better adaptation than that so understanding that's a lot of advice isn't it so <laughs> I'm sorry I'm <laughs> no it's great it's mm. great no look it's been fantastic Paul um, look uh, I for anyone out there who's listening and doesn't know we will put up a link to the book uh, it's a fantastic learning tool I think and I like the way it's structured throughout uh, where can people get more info if they wanted to get it or yeah. f- follow you a little bit closer yeah I'm on Twitter there at Carver underscore coaching and then there's a website um, carvercoachingframework.com I think yeah and I'm working on a series of videos now to release for coaches kind of two or three minute things a lot of the stuff we talked on there um, th- th- that kind of thing yeah that's great that sounds yeah. brilliant we might uh, have to get you back on then after oh, after the videos are yeah. out or the yeah. second book uh, yeah. but look listen for anyone listening there's an absolute huge amount to take away there the stuff you touched on about uh, building a coaching world and that self-awareness and and the trust and uh, allowing people to commit yeah. by, by the atmosphere and the culture that you're creating i think is really really important um that you refer to learning as empowerment several times and i think that really is something that people need to be taken away that there's training versus coaching sort mm-hmm. of element and for me th- you made one statement and that's the one big takeaway for me and i hope people listening when i said to you what's a successful coach you said recruitment retention and them saying thanks and i think for anyone out there listening if they take that one sentence away i think that's a really really beneficial tool thanks a million paul thanks for listening to the coaching bubble and i hope you learned something to help you with your own coaching Please follow us on Twitter at Bubble Coaching where we'll put any books or resources mentioned on the show up on the page. You can now subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud and feel free to get in touch with any feedback. We'd love to hear from you. As always, the show is produced by Niall Williams and the Coach Education Centre of the Camogie Association. Thanks for listening.